Good evening, my lovelies, and welcome to another Naked Football Show. In the studio tonight, I'm delighted to welcome back uh, a good friend of mine, also stands in the North Stand, has the best surname in the country because he his surname is Fuller, and that's my favourite beer from the favourite brewery. His first name is Carl. Mr Carl Fuller, how are you? Hello, Graham. I'm very well, thank you. How are yourself? I'm fine. It's still drinking cider. I might as well get that one out of the way first. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get rid of that. We might take up the whole show with cider, which is better than football. Um, so on Twitter, you always say thoughts, questions, and insults. Yeah. To, and not long after you said that this morning, I, I, I had a message from my good friend Kevin, the artist. Oh, good. And uh, not really an insult, but he said in his message, description of cider drinking was a bit stretched. And he said, are you going to let Graham know that it's now about one can every month? No. So, so I do have to have to dispel a myth, really, Graham, when you say cider drinker. I mean, when I'm at football, and I'm with Kevin more so, then it might be three or four pints of cider if I'm not driving. But right. when I'm not with Kevin and at football, it may only be one can a month. So, yes, I do drink cider, but not in great quantities. So not only a cider drinker, but a lightweight cider drinker. <laughs> very lightweight. I mean, you know, if you wanted to date me at all, I'd be a very cheap date. To <laughs> and you could drive me around. Yeah, you could drive me around, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't dr- drunk lager for about 25 years, and uh, there is an Ipswich Town-related story to that, which I'll quickly tell you. Go <laughs> <Cure> for it. <laughs> um, so for many years, I was a member of the Clacton-on-Sea branch of supporters, the oldest oldest branch still going believe it or not yeah they were formed in 1969 and every year they had a fundraising disco at christmas time at highfields holiday camp in clapton and uh back in the day when sir bobby god bless his soul was around he used to bring the whole squad down to clapton and uh celebrate with the fans and then by the time i joined the committee in the mid 90s it literally came down to about two or three youth team players that were sent along <laughs> and in Chris, Christmas 95, uh, my role was player liaison officer, which basically meant looking after the players, but obviously they didn't need looking after from me. Um, <laughs> and th- this particular year, it was Kevin Ellis, Richard Wright and Lee Norfolk. And of course, no one really knew anything about them at the time, all youth players. Mm. And by looking after them, that meant just standing at the bar drinking with them all night and Lee Norfolk in particular brought me quite a few bottles of uh, Budweiser. Other beers are available, of course. And I got very drunk and uh, so ill that I was probably drunk for about a week um, and not been able to drink lager since. So it's kind of just left me drinking cider, really. I don't go in for this ale rubbish that you like. That's only because your palate hasn't matured yet, Carl. Well, neither I'm, sure, I'm sure Kevin would tell you that. Yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that will that will mature as I do, I guess, as I get a bit older. He'll <laughs> be dead before you drink ale. Yeah, probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about football? As we've nearly spent four minutes over <laughs> talking about yeah. drink, which is far yeah, more important if sometimes. We have to, to make um, yesterday's game. What do you make of it? Or well, you can also talk about Saturday's game as well. Yeah. So in my column yesterday, I said about deja vu and groundhog day and i always feel like i'm using those phrases and never more as it felt like deja vu than the last week obviously as we all know by now 
last season and this season's first defeat came on October the 20th followed by another defeat and mm. um, I still don't think Doncaster beat us we beat ourselves when you think about the four goals we conceded compared to the four goals we scored at Blackpool mm. you know we scored four great goals at Blackpool can mm. you say any of Doncaster's four were good no exactly in fact and then, do you not yeah. say would you not say the same happened at Lincoln as well Possibly. Um, I have to admit, I didn't really see the Lincoln game. I okay. kind of steered away from it, and I was out Saturday anyway. Um, but obviously kept up to date on Twitter and read all about it, and seems like we had some possession that wasn't really in an area that were, was hurting Lincoln. Um, and I did see the build-up to the penalty and probably agree with Paul Lambert and the only thing I do agree with him at the moment uh, <laughs> was that Teddy Bishop was fouled at least Absolutely. once maybe twice yeah. but you know you can't blame these decisions at the end of the day we, we didn't create anything did we so probably got what we deserved mm, possibly although yeah I, I think maybe a draw would have been a fair result we didn't play well but then I didn't think Lincoln were that great either despite their two very enthusiastic uh, commentators every time every time uh, a a Lincoln player got the ball and attacked. It was like uh, it's as if he was in the uh, new camp, watching Barcelona shrieking away, getting really excited. Bless him. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And then last night, um, we kind of made hard work of it in the end, really, didn't we? Very I, I much. Thought, yeah. I thought we controlled the first half. The drilling were terrible, and and the crying shame was we weren't much better, really. Uh, second half, they had a little spell, but other than that, um, we made hard work of of actually winning the game they certainly didn't batter us as their manager <laughs> as quite to no, bed. I'm not sure what he was smoking well um, the only thing the only thing battered a good line I saw on Twitter this morning the only thing battered was probably the 20 sausages that he had from his local chippy before <laughs> setting up the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah I reckon you're right uh, it was a re- an important win though I think because uh, if we'd lost that um, all hell would have broken loose and we'd in with the Lambert out again I know uh, a lot of people are already on that uh, train but um, it was an important win and we need another one on Saturday definitely shall we look at tweets Carl okay yes. mate um, Mullet, they're, they're, I'm reading them out as they came in. Mullet, I love Andre Dazelle, don't we all? Should Lambert stay away now we have a 100% record with him at home? Yeah, good point. I mean, didn't Mick McCarthy miss a game and uh, we won? 4 1 or something, didn't we? Or 4 0, yeah. Middlesbrough 4 0, yeah. yeah. So we had a 100% record when he wasn't around. So let's go for it. You know, who, who's going to miss Lambert at the moment? <laughs> in, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Nuts, lots of bread banter going on during the game last night. Probably a sign we, were all, we weren't all very enthralled. But pleased we popped out a winner from Bishop's Bakery in the end, though. I'm not sure about the bread banter. Were you are you wary of the bread no, banter? I saw Mrs. Nuts's tweet this morning about bread banter, but um, no, that what was her tweet. Yeah, I'm not all, sure. All I could say is crumbs. What was going on? Yeah, <laughs> from the crusty old Mrs. Nuts. Sorry, Mrs. Nuts. Um, Tony Storm. Good evening, GB and KF. Uh, love the show. I have a conspiracy theory for you to discuss. The not that I'm into that kind of thing. If you listen to uh, LBC, is it James O'Brien this morning? He was talking very much about that, uh, Tony. <laughs> hey, um, did Paul Lambert get himself sent off against Lincoln so that he would not have to be on the touchline with Steve Evans on Tuesday? That's a, probably a good point, actually. Yeah, excellent point. I mean, would there have been room on the 
touch line for Lambert as well as Evans. Mm. Been very warm with all that hot air, wouldn't it, if nothing else? Yeah, could have been. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Tony. Um, Mikey Petty-Smith, what do you think of, of first when you think of crew at home? That's our coming. That's the game coming up, isn't it? Uh, bottle job in 98-99 with Mark Bloody Rivers scoring or the peak Joe Royal 6-4 win? Yeah, interestingly, I knew we'd probably talk about Saturday's game and knowing it was crew, it did make me think of those two games. And mm. then I saw Mikey's tweet, so thanks for that, Mikey. Um, I'd already given that some thought. And 98-99 was really annoying because had we have won that game we would have finished uh second above bradford city and if crew had have lost they would have got relegated so not saying obviously that season came down to that one game but it was obviously pivotal at the Mm. time and uh yeah it, it did hurt especially as um Rivers scored, Venus equalised, I think, with a penalty, and then they got a winner six minutes from time. But the 6-4 the game was one of the most crazy games I think I've ever seen at mm. Portman Road. Um, and I had a quick look earlier to see who scored, and the names just made you think how much sort of... It missed the bait. Yeah, the, the days of that era, let alone the 81 and beforehand era. But the scorers, Tommy Miller... Shefki Kuchi, Martin mm. Rooster, pa- Pablo Canago. You know, what would we give to have those sort of players now? Yeah, even when you look back a couple of years ago to people like Martin Waghorn and so on, you think, oh, God, we've got nothing like that at the moment, have we? Exactly, no. So so that the 6 ball win is probably the one that I do remember, obviously, yeah. a lot fondly, but yeah, great, crazy game. I think a lot of people think of Joe Royal rather fondly as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to him a few times and he was such a gentleman. I know mm. he had a tough start because people couldn't see beyond his Norwich connections. Mm. But when you think about comparing him and Lambert with Lambert's Norwich connections, you know, mm. they're, they're just two totally different people. Mm. Um, not that I've ever spoken to Paul Lambert personally, but Joe Roy was such a gent and reduced the wage bill by about £20 million and at the same time got us into the playoffs two years in a row. Great mm. manager. Yeah, absolutely. And he had his hands tied as well, didn't he? Bless him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Mark Tuxford. Hello, Mark. Hi, GB. Hi, Carl. Great to see Lord Fuller back in work and obviously continuing his great ITFC articles. A recent one of his indicates Lambert's baffling comments of delight if, we'd been, if we've played poorly. Do you think this is tactical mind games or just completely off his trolley? Uh, well, obviously he's going to come out in public and say good stuff to protect his players if they need protecting. Um, you know, what he might say to them behind the scenes is completely different. But uh, I think he's off his trolley, really, to say we're playing unbelievable football when it's clear for anyone who watched either Saturday's game or even a Doncaster game, it, it clearly wasn't unbelievable. And I don't know who he's trying to fool there, really, but we're not fools. Unless he meant he's, they're playing unbelievable football, as in badly. <laughs> he yeah, didn't say I they're mean, playing unbelievably well, he just said it's unbelievable. And I think when you look at some of the talent we have got, it was quite unbelievable, yeah. but, but for the yeah. wrong reason. I, I don't understand why you know managers, especially like on the back of Steve Evans last night, can't just be honest and say... You know, there was a lot of good things, if they want to say that, but they, they should be honest enough to say that there's clearly things that need working on and we strive to do that in training, you know, mm. ahead of the next game. Not not just say we're playing really, really well and 
on the back of two defeats. Yeah, unless he's just doing it as a player boost, but uh, seems a bit bit counter counterintuitive, doesn't it? Um, Lee, or otherwise known as Ginger Eagle seventy three. Hello, Lee. Um, will we ever be exciting to watch again? I've never. I'd never have thought I'd be yearning for the days like we had under Joe Royal to return. That's funny, we were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in football terms, 20, 30, 40 years ago seems like nothing. And I know. You, you're obviously a little bit older than me, Graham. Not much. <laughs> move on, move on, Carl. <laughs> you remember the real glory days. I, I came along late 70s and just, just caught the last three or four years of the Bobby Robson era. And that, those days do feel like yesterday for me yeah. as does the Wembley yeah. in 2000 but if you just look at Wembley 2000 20 years ago and then you imagine the next 20 years going just as quick I mean crikey I'm going to be in my 40s in 20 years <laughs> <time. laughs> yeah I'll be nearly 50 by then yeah. yeah and you just think time's running out for old farts like you and me you know for, for ever seeing an, an exciting Ipswich Town side again and under under Marcus Evans, I, I just don't see how we can ever be exciting again. I think even if we ever are, it's going to be down to money, like some massive takeover from some Abu Dhabi shake or something, because um, I can't see us ever doing a... Even if we get another a version of Robson again, I don't think we have the uh, the clout, financial clout, to do it. If we, you know, Robson used to play the kids. He had to play the kids most of the time. He he garnered a good uh, youth team together, and fortunately kept hold of them. Nowadays, you know, we've already lost half our kids. You know, ben Knights has gone to Man City, and not that we've ever seen him since. But um, I can't see unless we are taken over like Man City. Can you ever see those days coming back? No, definitely not. I mean, in those days, what we had to do was pretty much what every club had to do, you know, apart from the odd uh, spend, like when Forrest bought in Trevor Francis for a million pounds, which mm. obviously was a lot of money back in 78. But, you know, I mean, there I compare us to Norwich, you know, up the road. They, they were mostly bringing in local players from local clubs and youth players. Mm. Some of our players came from local football clubs. Football has moved on now. And what we do now, and, and as good as what we could ever do for ourselves, will be a million miles away from what so many other clubs can do for themselves. And that is purely down to money. So you're right, unless we get a really good takeover and someone with a bit of ambition, then I, I don't see how anything can ever return like it used to used to be no I think our aim is to be something like a Burnley isn't it get into the premiership and get yourself into a reasonable position but yeah football's changed but there's a hell of a lot going on now with the premiership as well and they're talking about uh, oh let's not go there shall we no let's not (laughs) Ben Ben from Australia Struth he says the guest last week was a bit strange he certainly was Ben Um, speaking of strange what did you both think of Lambert's post-match comments after the Lincoln game did he generally think we played well or was it a case of saying one thing to the media and another thing to the players seem to be on a uh, a theme here Ben don't you cheers mate yeah um, as we just alluded to really it's it's very strange comments probably just off his trolley but to uh, just boost boost the players I guess that's all I can think of Um, Alex Morton hello Alex Carl we have two losses and one draw in the top few in the in the top few in the table, are things really that bad? Okay, so one thing that sort of 
I'm not comfortable with. Like when we lost to Doncaster, quite a few fans were quite right, but they were saying it's only one game because it was one defeat. Mm. But when you think back, how long do the woes of Ipswich Town go back to? You know, yeah. 10, 15 years? Um, just because last season's finished and this season has started and this season is only, what, nine league games old now. Yeah, uh, as Alex says there, it is only two defeats, you know, one draw. But it's two defeats this season. It's not two defeats in in the tale of woe that Ipswich Town Football Club has been in for X amount of years, however many years you want to say. You know, I'll, I'll say 15, 17 mm. years. Mm. Um, so one, one defeat became two defeats, and it's two defeats in, even if you look, look at a calendar year, you know, it's, it's two yeah. defeats that have just been, I don't know, on the back of other defeats where it's just been so demoralising. And I don't think you can just say it's only because it's a new season. You know, it goes back further than the start of this season. It does, yeah, it does. Do you think they're playing better football, though, than they were this time last season? Well, up until the Doncaster game, again, something I wrote in a column a couple of weeks ago, last year, between August and October, we were unbeaten and uh, winning games. But you often came away from the game thinking, well, I don't know how we won that. Yeah. You know, we were scraping 1-0 wins. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, look, Wigan could have scored before we did at the start of the season Rochdale had their chances before we scored and Accrington obviously had a better first half than we did but when it when it mattered we kind of turned it on to I think win better and win games better than what we were winning at the start of last season Blackpool obviously was a very good performance Bristol Rovers away was was, was decent in the main yeah um but for whatever reason, we just revived, uh, reverted to type at Doncaster and we, we just know that we've got these performances w- within us and we've got to try and it lessen these number of performances and what we had before. So, yeah, I, I think we are playing better, especially with, with so many injuries and a number of decent players out of the side at the moment. Mm. I think uh, Mick Mills... Sorry, Carl. I think Mick Mills summed it up yesterday quite well. He was saying that... Uh, we have some really, really talented youngsters, all in midfield, of course, but um, they do need a sort of a steady head. Someone like Hughes, they bought Hughes on late last last night, and uh, he's saying they do need someone like that in there. Definitely. I mean, um, there was an interview after the game last night with Mark McGuinness, and um, he referred to the fact that him and Luke Wolfenden had Luke Chambers and Stephen Ward either side of mm. them. So at the back... Yeah. Yes, we had two youngsters, but they had two stalwarts guiding them through the game. But then once we go forward, that's it. Yeah, thinking about you know the likes of Lancaster, uh, Dazelle. But then, then you there. think, yeah, you, you you think Edwards and Sears should be experienced enough now to help guide the forward mm. uh, play. Mm. Um, we've got to keep rushing through this because we're coming to the end already would you believe Carl from Duckball Martin the Duck hello Martin uh, not enough cider drinkers in the world <laughs> that's one for you Carl uh, what's your favourite yeah, cider what, quickly <laughs> what's your uh, favourite cider I think I know this the Strongbow Original Strongbow Original very I don't mind I don't mind Cloudy Apple as well oh you devil pushing the boat out yeah. suppose I need a football related question as well do Ipswich fans need to lower their expectations or are they right in having highish standards 
trouble is like you, you and I have seen so many good times it's hard to just start lowering expectations yeah I do agree we, we probably or I, I certainly need to lower my expectations but it's just etched in my memory I'm afraid of, of so many good times yeah, I know. That's the trouble being old, Carl, isn't it? Um, it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm joining you as well. Evening, Carl. This is from Ian. Loose off Ian, boy. Uh, evening, Carl. GB. Looking forward to a top show tonight. Your thoughts on Lambert, in or out? Uh, not that I feel he'll go anywhere, but we really need... Sh- we really should be getting a better tune out of the players at his disposal. Looking forward to Slower's missive after the Bishop winner last night, too. Yeah, Slower Ball will send in a missive. He has. Thoughts, Carl? Lambert, in or out? Well, you know, I've wasted so much energy in the past wanting Jewel, McCarthy, Hurst all out. I haven't got the energy to sort of just keep banging the same drum now saying Lambert out. Although, you know, I, I do think it, we need to change if we want to move forward. And the only reason why I really say out as well is there are a couple of decent managers, Paul Cook being one of them out there, that we, we could bring in. But by the time we get Lambert out, who's, who's going to be out there? Yeah, well, you never know. Pep might have no. got the sack by then. Um, yeah. On, on to emails. This is from Porog. Hello, Porog. I think that's how you pronounce it, isn't it? Greetings from Dublin. Uh, it seems to me that following the town these days is like watching Holby City or Casualty. <laughs> One of the few things Paul, Paul Worst, as he calls him, sought to change during his brief tenure as manager was sports science at the club. Well, it does not appear to have been effective given the list of injuries. Perhaps the club is also guilty of not undertaking due diligence prior to signing some of these players, not naming names. It certainly seems strange that David McGoldrick is enjoying a bit of a renaissance, both for Sheffield United and for Ireland. Are we just unlucky or are changes needed pre-transfer checks and sports science at the club? Keep up the great work. Thank you, Porrig. Yeah, um, I agree. Sports science, definitely. How many players we have injured with broken legs and such like that you can't help compared to how many players we have missing with muscular injuries. Mm. Um, it, it's the latter that we seem to suffer a lot of them. And why is that? I think the McGoldrick thing was because he was travelling to the Midlands every day, wasn't he, and back. And I can't think... I yeah, can't, exactly. Even for anybody, even non-professional footballers, you sit in a car all day and then get out and go for a walk. Yeah, a lone train, you're always going to pull something, aren't you? And it isn't going to be a woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from Slower Ball. Good evening, Jeebers. Good evening, full and straight. Love the show. Goodness. Did Ollie Hawkins pay £10 to watch the game last night like I did? I don't think he gives us much, and holding the ball up and running around is a prerequisite of any striker of his type, surely. Does the panel think that his ineffectiveness, other fans may disagree, is a result of our shape, formation, or is he just a poor man's Roy Fallon? And does Wolfenden remind you of Christoph Bearer in the way he goes about his business? Congrats on Essex winning the Bob Willis trophy, by the way. Keep smiling. God bless Paolo Vanazza. Christ, that's a rave. Thoughts, Carl? Uh, I totally agree. Congratulations on Essex winning the, uh, <laughs> the the best county cricket side in the last five years. So that's all I can say on that matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, hang on, what else did he say? I forgot. Well, I've lost I've him. I've only got five seconds per question. So you have, and that's that's pretty much it. I've just um, lost the question. Oh, there you go. What was his main bit? Um, did Ollie? Yeah, he's basically saying Ollie Hawkins. Any good or not? Too early to say. Um, I don't know. Needs must that we have to play him, I guess. Yeah, we're three uh, three strikers short, aren't we? So it's a trouble. So, yeah. Yeah, give, give it another couple of months, and then I'll make an opinion on him. Then <laughs> I'll get you back on the show. Thank you, Carl. I'm afraid we've gone we've gone gone over time again. So um, thank you ever so much.
Till next week. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, everyone, for your missives and for your emails and tweets. Till next week, have a good one. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.